28 minutes or less podcast with S. Foster. Yep, it's Doc Foster back for another episode of 28 Minutes or Less. And this is episode 60. Finally got out the 50s. Uh, episode 60 of the podcast. And um, and I say this all the time. I would have changed the name, but it was already taken. This is so spur of the moment. I've been noticing this. I've been seeing it on social media for the past probably like week and a half. You know, maybe it's been out, but... It just crossed, you know, my feed the last like week and a half, two weeks. So the subject matter that I have today is, is this post that I'm seeing and I keep seeing it float around, float around, float around. And I've been wanting to answer it, but I'm like, you know what? I got a podcast. I got a platform where I can get these thoughts off and share it with the world. And this post that I've been seeing is saying, which character was the hardest? Old Dog from Minnesota Society, Doughboy from Boys in the Hood, Nino Brown from New Jack City, Bishop from Juice. All right, so that's the subject matter today. Now, I know my answer, but I'm going to explain it. And obviously, I'm going to do it in the order of who I think is the hardest last. Now, with the other people, it's not in any particular order because the question is, which character was the hardest? So the character that I'm going to start with is Doughboy from Boys in the Hood. One of the reasons why I wouldn't proclaim him as the hardest of this group because Doughboy was literally a product of his environment. like. He wasn't, his character wasn't written for him to be like the hardest guy. Like his character was written for a dude that is best friends with this boy who stayed across the street who had, you know, a pretty bright future. His father was taking care of him and he, he just happened to be in a you know in a bad neighborhood but i think furious wanted to stay in that neighborhood because he wanted to make a difference now, now this is about trait doughboy brother ricky who had a different dad mom always favored him um i think it was a situation when it came to doughboy was that i think that doughboy might have resembled his dad a little bit more and she didn't really like his dad it was it was it was always this friction between doughboy ricky and their mom because ricky was an aspiring football player uh on his way to usc doughboy 
you know, was in and out of jail. You know, had, he had went to jail probably when he was like 13, 14 years old for stealing the candy bar. But then he just kept repeating that cycle of going in and out of jail. So, you know, well, Juvie, if you would like to call it, because I think Doughboy was really only like 18 throughout this movie. Like he wasn't, you know, an older guy. But I think the thing about Doughboy is the fact that Doughboy did what he had to do to survive. Like, he sold dope, you know what I'm saying, had a pretty good car, but he wasn't just killing people for the fun of it. You know, like, Doughboy was, he was a very caring individual that just happened to live in the hood. Like, he sold dope because basically, you know, he had a record since he was, like, 13 years old, so he couldn't really get no good nine to five, so he just like, yo, I just slang a little of this, a little of that, that'll get me through. But he also had people in his head where he would hang out with Trey, and Trey is an extension of his father. Now, Trey, Trey was still learning, but he would drop some of that knowledge onto Doughboy. But also, you got to remember when Doughboy first got out, you know, there was a, a conversation around the table when they was playing dominoes and he was like I can't read you know what I'm saying like he you know he went into jail and he was reading books so he was also educating himself so he wasn't just a dude that was just willy nilly just out here killing people and so when when the one dude had bumped into Ricky outside of uh, when, they, when they was all on Crenshaw like yeah he stepped up because he know his brother Ricky ain't about that life. Ricky played football. Ricky went to school. Like it wasn't about that type of shit with him. So Doughboy was just defending his brother. He wasn't trying to malicious maliciously hurt anyone. Like he was just defending his brother. And again, when he actually did kill Stacy, not Stacy, uh, but when he actually killed those other dudes that was a part of that same crew that bumped into them early because they always rode around the neighborhood in that little damn red car and when he actually went and killed them he was just revenging the death of his brother so his character wasn't really written to be the hardest so it's really not even fair for Doughboy to even be in this conversation to be honest with you like yeah he's a character from a hood movie but he was more of a product of his environment just doing what he needed to do to get by and Doughboy really at the end of the day was just searching for love like he wanted to be loved like when Ricky was shot and he was trying to hug his mother like she was hugging him for a second then she started whooping his ass saying that you the one who did this and he was just always you know in this crossroads of like why she don't like me like she even when they was kids she always showed favoritism towards him so it was more of a resentment of his mother because he didn't understand why she never really liked him so Doughboy isn't meant to be a hard character so me personally I would omit him from the list off of those grounds because yeah he murdered some people but it wasn't really like he wouldn't have murdered them unless they did what they did which was kill his brother Ricky so 
I'm getting Doughboy out of here. And that's no disrespect, but it's just with this post, that's just how I take it. So the next person I'm going to go to, right? Nino Brown from New Jack City. Nino really was was a bitch really at the end of the day. And this is what I mean by that. Now his character was really a knockoff Scarface. And the crazy part about it is they put Scarface in the movie and then he starts reciting Scarface and do the same shit that Scarface does. So he's not even really original at the end of the day. When you look at what's my man's name? I cannot believe I'm blanking on this. We just did a podcast on the Views Anonymous on New Jack City and now I'm sitting here having a complete blank on my dude name that was his uh his main ace oh man G Money how could I forget this so G Money was really the architect of the whole thing and that's what a lot of people don't seem to realize when you watch New Jack City Nino Brown isn't the mastermind of this thing G Money is G-Money was the one who hooked him up with the Italians for number one. It was G-Money's idea for them to start selling crack in the first place. Then G-Money was the one who hooked him up with that connect so he didn't have to use the Italian dudes anymore. And then I didn't like the whole fact of when G-Money took him the idea of selling crack when they had the meeting about selling the crack He's taking head on the meeting like it was his idea. I'm like, oh, well, we need to do this. Like, like, dude, this wasn't even your idea. Like, this is your man's idea. And then you completely take it. And then when all the success comes, oh, I built this. I did this. The world is mine. It's like, yo, you wouldn't even be in this position if it wasn't for G Money. So that's my one knock on Nino Brown. Another knock on Nino Brown is this you this dude used the kid as a human shield. Like, come on. Really? Dudes that are hard don't do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I just felt like when it came to when it came to Nino Brown, I mean shit, Keisha was more harder than he was. When the, at that uh, at that wedding, she was the one who ran down the steps with no shield, no nothing, and just start blasting at these dudes and catch about five in the chest. So another thing on Nino Brown is not taking responsibility for what he's done. Because when he went to trial, don't get me wrong, a lot of people would do this, but what he did was. He knew he was the real leader of the CMB. Now, at the same time, it wouldn't be no CMB without G-Money, but he was the leader. He was, he was the one that came up with the idea to uh, to use the Carter and to have a whole drug house in, in an apartment. Now, he sent his soldiers to go do it all. Like, you never really seen 
Nino Brown do anything. Like, his boys did everything in Keisha. Like, they did everything. The only time you really seen him was when he was when he went up to the to the foreman guy that was uh I, I don't know if he was a head of the uh Carter apartment, but I think he was just a foreman for it. He had the gun on him, which somebody was holding an umbrella over his head. And he had the dude walking butt naked. And when he sliced the dude damn uh ponytail off, the Italian guy. Like other than that, that's it. And then when him and um when him and Scotty actually got into a fight, Scotty whooped his ass. So it's like Nino Brown ain't hard. Like he was just that guy that was just giving demands, taking credit for everything, and making it seem like he's hard, but he he wasn't hard. He wasn't the mastermind of the whole thing, so he wasn't the brain of the operation. Then his girlfriend at the time, cousin, worked at the bank. And if it wasn't for him working at the bank, they wouldn't have been able to even run it the way that they did to run it like an organization. And then he pinned it all on him and said that he was the real leader of the CMB so he could go out and get like 10 10 or 5 years in jail or something like that. So... G, G Money really, he wasn't the hardest, but I just really don't think that Nino Brown was really considered to be hard. And then not only that, he bit off of Scarface and he was trying to be something that he wasn't. Even, even when it came to Scarface, the demise of Scarface was the fact of he didn't give his man enough credit because if it wasn't for his man, if it wasn't for Manny, he wouldn't have been in the position that he was in either. But the difference between Scarface is he he was put he was put in certain situations where he had to fight himself out of. He never done that. So that's why I just really don't consider Nino Brown as one of those guys either. Like, yeah, he that's why I say I, I, I might just have different definitions of what I would consider a hard character, but I don't think Nino Brown was really a hard character either. Now that takes me to Bishop from Juice. Bishop dealt with trauma from looking at his dad. His dad had did some time in prison, came out, wasn't the same. So that was one thing. Bishop always ran into Rollamez. Rollamez would always, you know, give him a hard time. The whole crew would come up on him. But the only time Bishop would even show some kind of strength is when he saw Raheem and, and, and Q and all them boys. So when the turn came with Bishop, Bishop was never a hard dude. When it changed over and it switched was when he finally got his hands on the gun. And then when he got his hand on the gun and then all of a sudden his whole character switches and he becomes somebody else. At the end of the day, he was only when he switched up 
was because Q was the only one that had anything going with anything. Q was the only dude that had the DJ thing going. So he had the DJ thing going. Not only did he have that, you know, he was selling tapes, you know, around the way he had the doctor chick, you know what I'm saying, that was, you know, working at the hospital. And I, I, think, I, mean, I don't think she was a doctor. She might have been a nurse. Probably a nurse more than likely. So she was probably an RN. And so he had a girl. He had the DJ thing going for him. He's selling tapes. All of them hustled down at the, at the, uh, at the pool hall. But the thing is, Q had more things going for himself. Then when you look at Raheem, Raheem got a whole thing going on with his baby moms. But you never seen Bishop with a girl at any point of the movie. So I think the whole thing with Bishop is, it's not that his character was hard. His character was jealous. He was jealous mainly of Q. Because you also got to remember when the whole conversation went down, when Blizzard had robbed the, um, the other pool hall and he had died. Q went inside to get the cigarettes for Raheem. And then he asked, did he want a piece of uh, Blizzard? Like, yo, do you want a piece of action? He was like, nah, we good. Q goes outside, like, yo, Blizzard's in there, robbing the store right now. Ask me that I want a piece of it. So Bishop's like, yo, let's go in. Now, Bishop was quick to go in because for number one, Blizzard already had everything taken care of. They would have just been reinforcements. So when he went, they never went in. So he was upset with the fact of like, yo, we could have went and, you know, got more money than we would have got just hustling down at the pool hall. But Raheem and Q was like, yo, like, we don't do that. Like, we hustle people out their money, but we don't rob people. Like, we don't stand people up. Now, they ended up doing that, but they were just robbing the store that was owned by this one dude. They really didn't like him. He always kind of gave them a hard time anyway. Bishop whole demeanor changed when Raheem went down the suites and bought a piece. At the same time, when they bought the piece, Q had the DJ audition, so Q was never able to get his input in on the whole little robbery thing because he must have talked to it that when he got the gun, that's when he talked to Steele and Bishop about doing the whole thing. And then... Q came later and like, yo, he's like, Bishop, like, yo, once again, it's on. He's like, man, what just we talking about? He's like, yo, we're going we gonna to rob old man Quillis. And he was like, when? And he, it was going to be the same night that it was going to be when he had his DJ competition. So he's like, yo, we'll use DJ competition as a alibi so that, you know, if we get caught up, we can say we was at the club the whole time. So he goes in, but actually... When they was all standing there talking, he was like, yo, we shouldn't do this. It's a bad time. We should do it another night. Nah, nah, nah. He was like, nah, I know this is the night we're doing it. So he was like, all right, cool. And he was like, Bishop said, why well, hold on to the gun? And he was like, why he got to hold on to the gun? He was like, because I already got it, motherfucker. And it's like that right there. Like you see the transformation in Bishop of like, yo, this is that whole thing of perfect example and higher learning. There was a situation where Remy 
got into it with Omar Epps' character. I don't know why his name is slipping. Tariq, I think. No, Malik. His name was Malik. So, him and Remy has an altercation and he punks Remy. Like, he jumps at him. He, you know what I'm saying? He almost jumped out of his boots. So, there was another altercation where Remy had a gun. Now, he's calling him a nigga. He's you know what I'm saying? Talk, talking all this shit. You know, people get really bold when they got guns in their hands. That's what happened to Bishop. Bishop was not hard. Bishop fed off the energy of his crew. But when he got that gun in his hands and to add along with the jealousy and envy that he already had, he turned into a straight punk. Bishop is not hard at all. Now that takes me to the person who I do feel is the hardest out of this whole crew is Old Dog from Minister Society. He's definitely the title of the movie. Now, even though the movie is based around Kane, but when it comes to the actual word menace, that's Old Dog. Old Dog had no sense of life, no sense of a future. Odon didn't care about nothing. You hear me? Like, he cared about his boys, but to the extent of he would do anything to defend his boys. Even the way the movie started out, they go into a store, buy some 40s. He's already bitching at the lady because the lady's following him around the store, which I understand that is it's aggravating. It's got to be mad aggravating. But he's already like cussing a lady out like, yo, stop fucking following me around the store. And so then when he went to buy the stuff, the dude said, I'm sorry for your mother. He's like, what the fuck you said about my mama? And then he shoots the dude, robs the store for no reason. Like, that's not even what they even went in there for. So he kills two people as soon as the movie starts, robs the store, takes the tape, and then goes around showing everybody the tape. <laughs> like... Old dog has, and then when Kane cousin is robbed, the way that he wanted to go retaliate, you know what I'm saying? He was like, "Yo, you acting like a real bitch right now." He was like, "That fool shot your cousin," and all this type of stuff. So he's like, like going off, like old dog just the demeanor about him the way he carried himself he didn't care about nothing he didn't care about dying he didn't care about all he cared about was kicking it with his boys and riding for his boys other than that like what I mean by didn't care about he didn't care about his education he didn't go to school he didn't have no girl. You never seen him with a girl throughout this whole movie. All you really saw was how excited he was to show people the damn tape of him killing two people and robbing a the store. Then the one, the one crackhead that tried to give him a cheeseburger for some crack. He's like, I don't want a damn cheeseburger. And he was like, Yo, I suck your dick. And you like, you a what? Kills the dude for no reason. Like, he's that crackhead that everybody knew around town. And it's like, you kill him 
because he tried to give you a cheeseburger and he said he'll suck your dick. Like, the dude didn't mean it with no disrespect. It was just the demeanor that old dog had. Like, he didn't care about anything. You know what I'm saying? So, that is what I consider hard. It's, it's, it's your mentality. The mentality that you have. The mentality that old dog had, that is what I would consider hard. Like I said, out of these four characters, when you think about the way that everybody carried themselves and how they got to where they was and how they was, O-Dog is the only one that stands out out of all four of these dudes. And that's why I consider him the hardest of all of them. So I just wanted to give a little rundown of this post that I've seen that's been making a lot of noise um, going around the way. Um, but if you want to hear more about some movie stuff, man, y'all can always go check out Viewers Anonymous that I do with my guy, Scoots Bronson. Please go check out and support that podcast. So all major platforms you can follow on the Twitter and the Instagram handles are the same at view anon pod. Um, you can also go on Facebook and follow at VA podcast watch group. Um, also, the football podcast has started. Oh, we did our first episode last week. Go check out the 4-3 podcast. You can follow that on Instagram at official 4-3 pod. And on, no, excuse me, that's Twitter. That is the Twitter handle. On Instagram is at underscore 43 pod. No, 43 underscore pod. I'm sorry. And, um... You can go check out that podcast that we do. It's, uh, it's me, Scoops, Bronson, JD, Oracle, E. Carter, and uh, Siege. Uh, so shout out to all those guys as well. Um, you can follow me at uh, foster 8 on Instagram and Twitter at 28 Minutes or Less Pie on Instagram, 28 Minutes or Less on Facebook. Um, let me see what else I got out here. Uh, that's really everything also shout out to Casey uh, for putting together all the music on this podcast I appreciate them you know shout out to Candace that's still supporting the podcasters and everything uh, shout out to Uncle Washington miss you love you um, the past earlier this year but uh, that's all I got yo so until the next time this was episode 60 of the 28 minutes or less podcast and I'm out <laughs>